Yes, sir. We got Mr. A.C. Ramos in his house today. Yeah, <laughs> if you notice, we're not in our regular studio. We are remote, I guess, today. <laughs> it, this is a very special show, especially for the ones that are, um, or podcasts, I would say, that are into wholesaling. Because this man is a machine when it comes to wholesaling houses and flipping houses. I know he flips some houses as well. It's one of You're the big, big ones in the Houston area. In the Houston area, yes. Um, I remember when I was a little kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you were a little younger. Uh, I would oh, see AC wholesaling <laughs> houses, you know. Um, but uh, anyways, man, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having us, AC. Oh, thank you for uh, being here. We appreciate, appreciate you opening your space to allow us and, and come in and do this, uh, this uh, podcast with you. And I want to get down into the great story of yours, man. Who is AC Ramos? <laughs> yeah, no, don't get scared. <laughs> no, no, it's cool. no it's I okay. mean, just to let you know, I mean, we, we love when we have people that have come from like the lowest of the lowest because it, it teaches people that if you know if you could do it, if you're where you're at right now, pretty much anyone can do it, right? Oh, and that's yeah. what we want to try to present to our audience that it doesn't necessarily you know you don't have to have like a, a high iq or college degree or any of that literally you know this is a business where if you have the uh the spirit and you want to succeed and you put the effort you, you can make it and and today for our audience this is going to be a great show because ac has a, an amazing amazing story so let's get started with that like when you grew up when you were a kid first of all are you local from houston or oh yeah born and raised born and uh, raised houston. in the heights area okay. Right? okay oak forest area actually shepherd forest oak yeah forest. Yeah, yeah we know where that is uh, yeah pretty pretty interesting what's happening there right now uh -huh. oh it's changed since when i was younger definitely <laughs> yeah. yeah so how was it when you were younger i mean when you grew up I mean, can it you was, tell us a little bit it was definitely uh not as high-end as it is now because I, I was just talking to somebody the other day i remember Growing up, those houses were worth like sixty thousand dollars when I was like eighteen a years ARV old. ARV sixty grand. Yeah, ARV. Yeah, now right now, now now that I look back, I'm like, man, ARV back then was like sixty, maybe seventy. I, I should have bought all that neighborhood. Yeah, you can oh, get no. half a lot for sixty, probably. Yeah. Yo, no, you, no, not even. Not, not, not even, even that. There you go. The dirt alone is worth three hundred. Wow. So the dirt alone in Sh in Shepherd Forest in, in the good areas is like worth three hundred. Wow. <laughs> Oak Forest is even more. Yeah. So no, that whole area is just blown up, but. No, it wasn't like that back in the day, you know. I mean, so you're a true Houstonian because that's Houston, man. Oh uh, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, can't get more Houston than that, or other than downtown, I guess. Yeah, no, it was very central. So I, I, I've always loved being near the middle of the city and everything, which is kind of strange for me because I actually I lived in that area till just last week. Um, okay. I, I just moved out to Tomball and and got a house with my girlfriend. Good. So, huh. so now I'm in the suburbs and I'm I'm like. Now you I, gotta commute. Yeah, it's like, it's like, now, man, it's like. Now you'll know the Houston traffic. And uh, it's like, where are we going to dinner? Missing? It's like Olive Garden. <laughs> what, what you've been missing for the past, I don't know, 30 something years? <laughs> yeah, you know, because like, yeah, the, the Heights is just a different feel, you know. Yeah, it's so, it is. so different. And I, I just love it. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. You know, I'm like in the suburbs. So, so. So, I mean, were you a straight-A kid and, you know, you did wonderful in college, <laughs> had a master's degree? In, no, I, I, I mean, actually did really good in school. I went to private schools. As long as I went to school, I was in private schools. Um, I only went to school to eighth grade, though. Um, oh, actually, when I finished school, I finished up to eighth grade in private schools. And then I started at public schools, like at Wall Trip here in Houston. And then I ended up going out to Apple Springs, Texas, and going out there to play football and go to, uh, go to high school for a little while. But I only made it about 23 days and, and realized that, you know, I just, um, 
I had lost my grandfather in, in my fifth in my eighth grade year, so I really I, I guess I just for some reason I didn't want to go to school no more. Okay. And so. uh, I ended up uh, around 15 years old. I was I was playing basketball and met a lot of people playing basketball and was playing at local parks here in Oak Forest area and met a lot of people and just started meeting kind of the wrong people i guess okay okay and uh especially when you're playing basketball yeah when you're playing basketball and that's not an elite sport if you will right it's and not uh, like polo you know, <laughs> you're not playing polo or tennis yeah or tennis. So, <laughs> by the way uh, i used to play basketball too so i know exactly what you're talking about yeah <laughs> so i ended up meeting a, a a guy who ended up being a, a very kind of big time drug dealer i guess uh, playing okay. basketball but he was well connected like a business kind of guy and uh ended up getting connected with him and And uh, I actually did some drives and stuff like that. That's what I did is I, I drove across country a couple times for them, and that's how I, I got into that. And um, and then just mixed and mingled with those people for that's a few it. years. And then uh, ended up getting in trouble when I was like 18 years old. It was like okay. Valentine's wow. when I was 18 years old in February of when I was 18. Uh, got in trouble. And so by the time I was 21, I was coming out of prison for the second time. For the second time. For the second time. So I went in and then violated. When I came out, I violated and right. went back. So it was all yeah, the same you, stuff. Yeah, you went back to your se to the same friends probably yeah, the first yeah, time. Yeah, you go back to the same friends, <laughs> yeah. you end up in the same circles. It's that basketball so, court. So we miss you, you know. And, <laughs> and you know what? I, I tell people this all the time. I, I was just a businessman in the wrong business because I, I wasn't a bad person. You know what I mean? Like, And, and what I realized is it's all about your why, right? Right. And when your why changes, you know, it was about like trying to, to not be a – I was trying to just – learn how to be a businessman, I guess, and make money right. and not have to rely on other people. But you don't realize how that, that grows on you and, and you become a business person in that. And when I realized when my why changed, when I came out the second time, I actually, I signed for two years the second time. And then five days before I turned myself in to do the two years, we found, I found out my girlfriend was pregnant. And, uh, and so we we're going to have a baby in like nine months. Oh, wow. And she was barely pregnant. Uh -huh. So I actually talked to my lawyer. They went back. They got my sentence reduced to seven months so I could be out in time for my son to be born. That was the, that saved my life. That changed. <laughs> that changed my why, that, that saved my life because my first son was born in September of, of, of 99. I knew I never wanted to do anything that was going to take me away from my family. Mm -hmm. and, and I just had a, a feel that, I, you know, there was, there's just more to it now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you'll yeah. do more for other people than you ever will for yourself, right? Right. So my, ch my child was born. I knew I had to figure something out. So I started, I actually, I sold car stereos online. I started out serial, and they did pretty good. And uh, I knew a little bit about real estate. You know, I'd read some books while I was locked up and stuff <laughs> and was always interested. Well, the first uh, first real estate deal I ever had to do was my, my house that we ran the business out of before I went to jail. So the dope house, we went back. I went and visited my friend. How about we wholesale our dope house? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> or we flip it. You know, hey, why not? Flip, so, flip this dope house. <laughs> it was the best way to start. You know? <laughs> flip, flip this dope At house. least they know the house in and out. Well, you know? <laughs> I, I <laughs> they bet were, the neighbors were probably the most excited about that flip. Yeah, they were like, well, <laughs> they know the roof is leaking. We know the foundation is tilted that way. Yeah. yeah. It, it was in a really nice, it was off Long Point and Bingo here in Houston. Okay. So in, a, in Spring Branch. Yeah. <laughs> nice neighborhood. So I knew a little bit about real estate, and I, I went to visit my friend. Just so happens the day I go visit him, the other this other company's there looking to buy the property, and gives him an offer. While they're walking around, I'm talking to him, and he's like, "Yeah, I gotta sell the property." He's like, "When you went away, he's like, man, like you know, the car, my car got repo now because like you know." Yeah, he didn't have any more income. <laughs> yeah, we his that's, that was our income. That was right. everything. So 
So, so the house was now in foreclosure. His car got repoed. You know, he said our friends didn't talk to us no more. His girlfriend left. Every everything fell apart, right? You know, the usual story. So, so now he's there selling the house to this company, and and they offered him twenty seven, and he owed twenty eight. And I right. was like, dude, I'll get you thirty three, so you can get apartment and stuff. Got we, get, we get five grand to move yeah. somewhere else, <laughs> and, you know? and, he, and he's got to be able to get out of here. Right. So get the business so, rolling somewhere else. So <laughs> we did, and I didn't know that much about real estate, but I knew that, that I thought the values were about seventy-five. So we were into it for thirty-three and twenty-two to fix it. So we're in for fifty. So what do you do? Do you go get a hard money loan or something? Like I that? actually had a family member that was. I didn't know about private money. I didn't okay. know what it was, but I had a, a family member that had IRA money or four hundred one k money. I don't remember what it was then, but. We rolled it over, did whatever we have to do to be able to use it in this deal. She lent, she became a private lender essentially. She was, or my partner. She was, it was my aunt, and it, my aunt is more like my mother. She's right. been the one who's like supported me my whole life. Yeah, I was like, gonna ask care you because this is something that our audience might be asking right now. I mean, how did they trusted you with the money? If I was thinking the same yeah, thing, man. I guess this is like, qu the question in everybody's mind. It's like, okay, you just came out of prison for the second time. How did they trust you with, with their money? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I never went to prison because I was bad with money, though. <laughs> so okay. That, <laughs> that was never the problem. But um, she knew that, I, I mean, I explained to her. I said, look, we could buy it, fix it up. This is what I think the values are. And she happened to be a real estate agent at the time. She had just got her real estate okay. license. So she knew the values, and she could see. She she confirmed what you were telling yeah, her it's like pretty we, much. We didn't know everything, right? So so this was our first deal. So we got into it, and, and we made pretty good money on that one. And we continued to flip till about 2003. This was in 99 yeah. till 2003. We continued rehabbing and flipping. Mm -hmm. Buying and flipping. And uh, we ended up getting stuck in a property in 2003 that we spent too much on the purchase because it had major foundation issues we weren't sure about doing back then. Uh, spent too much on the rehab, um, usual contractor was kind of high-end so all that so we ended up having to sell it owner financed so we weren't going to get our money for four years so that was my private money that was my funding for the deals i didn't yeah. know about hard money i didn't know about none of this this is funding just went 2003 away. <clears throat> so i had built up to where you know like paycheck to paycheck but big paycheck to big paycheck yeah you, know, you do a rehab and you make money so we had a like a townhouse we were living in me and my wife at the time and our first son we ended up losing that And so then we end up living in a storage room behind somebody's house. Okay. Like, it's actually my aunt's house. So now we're living Your in a 12 by 12. Oh, yeah, no, she's the one who's always taking it. You're more than welcome to come in and yeah. crash <laughs> in the backyard. Okay? In the backyard. In the it was a nice shed, though. It's a 12 by 12 little shed there. So we, we moved the lawnmowers out, put a carp carpet in there, uh, air conditioning with a heater unit and everything. So me and my wife moved in there, and we had our son. And then we stayed there for about – a year we were in there and okay. then one night and we had tv and stuff in there one night i saw a tv commercial it was like you know learn how to flip houses with no money and no credit who was it, no who was brains. it? it wasn't carlton sheets uh, it was kind of like carlton sheets <laughs> it was uh russ whitney okay yeah and um i actually went to the the free class and then i signed up for the weekend class and then we get to the class where it's a big big expensive class right right so and then remember i'm living in a storage room right right, so I'm, right. i'm living in a storage room did you do the credit coaching? card thing yeah. uh up in your uh my credit limit actually and... uh yes all that <laughs> so we we you know they i mean now i'm in the same industry so i understand but i also understand what that did for my life because i remember science, like, i didn't we didn't have money so I'm, i'm living in a storage room i don't know how but my aunt convinced her boss to put the coaching program on his American Express card, telling him that she had an American Express card that could cover it, but you got to pay American Express in 30 days. Yep. 
So we had 30 days to pay him back, and then she had American Express cards, so 30 days to make all the money back to pay off this coaching program. And she did that for me. Well, talking to me, I mean, talking about being against the... You know what's, fun, what's funny is he he just said it. He lived in a, in a 12 by 12 storage shed, shed. Story shed, and now he has a 5,000 square foot office that overlooks Houston, and he's got also a another side room in the back where he can feed another how many people uh, 50 there 100 on the other side yeah. and so if you're listening to this program right now and you are going through, through struggles <laughs> we have rentable there, space there <laughs> is no excuses on why you cannot go and and, and do what ac has done oh, uh, yeah. which is pretty much pull himself out of a bind, a big bind, because it's not like, hey, I'm in a bind, man. I need a hundred bucks. Can you, can oh, you help no. me out a little bit? No. Oh, uh, yes. Now, now he's not only in, in that storage shed, but he's also, in he debt. owns, I don't know how many thousands and thousands of to American Express. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. To, to, so, he's uh, he's <laughs> aunt's boss's American exactly. Express. So, so his aunt can Your lose his aunt her is job. pretty good too, man. She's very persuasive. My aunt is probably the best person in the world <laughs> because like no she's she's definitely been there for me through anything i mean like no one else would believe in somebody right. that's gone through everything Absolutely. i went through and in that position and and now she did tell somebody at her job when we signed up for the class and when we're driving to fort worth to this class she's like i told my friend at work and he's a lawyer and he said this is a scam and i'm like don't oh. worry about it so we we get to fort worth by noon <laughs> talking about reinforcement four hours by, oh yeah no, I said, so, so no pressure right no pressure oh, no. so the ride to fort worth so we get there right by noon on the first day when they explained the wholesaling because this whole three-day class was just wholesale because they, okay. they said i couldn't afford the big seventy thousand dollar coaching package right. at that time i could only afford like a twenty thousand dollar package so i got one class is all i got and i was like i want wholesaling all, right. I wanted, all I needed was cash. Because I knew rehabbing. I knew how to estimate. Pro I knew real estate. I was. I knew. I had the footing on it. So <laughs> I just didn't understand. How do these people flip houses with no cash and no credit? Right. What, what is that? They're just flipping contracts. They yeah, have many yeah, arms I didn't like know yours. that. So, so we went there. So by noon, I told her, I said, this is the best thing we ever done. I got this. So And then so this is in 04, right? So November 22nd, 04 is my first Monday back in Houston in my storage shed from that class. That, so at 8 o'clock in the morning, I set up a card table in, in there to get on the a little computer that Dell financed me, uh, Dell Computers. I don't right. know why they trusted me, but they did for $19 a month. I connected to somebody else's Wi-Fi and doing every, going on the online classifies, doing everything I learned at this class. Right. And my wife at the time comes home at noon, bawling, crying her eyes out, just bawling, and hands me a bag from Walgreens with three pregnancy tests in it. And they're all positive. All positive. Yes, all, yeah. yes all, all of them are positive. <laughs> so here we go. <laughs> so, Second child. So I said, do not tell anyone. Because I'm living in a store behind right. somebody's house, and right. I just put debt on a credit card. <laughs> do not tell anyone, especially my family. The guy that taught the class said that I had all, that said everybody in the class has the information to put $5,000 in your pocket in the next 30 days. I said, we'll make payment arrangements on the money for the classes, everything. We just got to get out of this storage room right now. So did everything they said to do. I was completely coachable. Just follow the, just start everything they said. Driving to the store, I go through the neighborhoods looking for vacant houses, driving for dollars. Right. Started calling classifieds, everything. Twenty day twenty eight, hit my first deal, and make fourteen thousand dollars. Boom. That's it. Boom. You moved out. Put fifteen hundred into marketing. Uh, fifteen hundred to move out. Fifteen hundred to marketing. Eleven hundred. Eleven thousand toward my toward my aunt to pay off right, some to pay debt. Off the, the debt. And ended up hitting another deal in a few weeks for eight thousand, for four thousand, six thousand. Made one hundred and sixty nine thousand my first year wholesaling. 
and that was uh, and, and that was a crappy apartment, but it was like a castle to me. I remember it was on 18th Street in T.C. Jester. Absolutely. And, yeah, and it was oh man, it was I loved it. It was a like, life changing life changing uh, event. So that knowing so, that, yeah, the going through that year was was the change. What year was it? 2004, right? 2004, yeah. Okay. So November yeah. 22nd, 04. So really, 0405 was the beginning of of Cityscape Investments. My now, le company. let me go back one step because I, I don't think I got <laughs> this. Did you ever finish your high school? Did you got like a GED? No, no, thing? I finished eighth. Oh, I got a GED. Okay. <laughs> I did get a GED um, uh, when I was 16. I got my GED when I was 15 and a half years old. So I, I, I stopped school when I was 15, and I got my GED when I was 15 and a half. So there you go, people. I mean, like Ricardo was saying, there's no excuses. There's no reasons why. If you really have the will, if you really you know well, want one, to one, one of the things that I, I think uh, <coughs> happened to AC to be honest and, and to, to him and his family um, is that the universe put him against the wall a few times to make him grow because if maybe if he didn't have that reason on why he needed to go out there and mm. I mean he, he was hungry but he got home and he just had got hungrier You know, because yeah. he's like, oh, another well, baby on the way now. Exactly. And he's like, what? Oh, man, I really need to make this happen now. Oh, yeah, you want to talk about some pressure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope I hope having kids is not what motivated you because you have, what, like 20 kids no, right no, no, now? No, 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 no. Hey, between me and my girlfriend, we got five boys now. You got five? <laughs> five boys. Wow. She has three boys from a previous marriage. I have two boys from a previous marriage, and she has a, a stepdaughter, too, that uh, that's always around us. And okay. So we, we have a lot of kids around. So. There's a lot of motivation, man, especially yeah. when they start going to college, and and uh, I completely understand. My 18-year-old just did his first deal uh, few not too long ago. Yeah, Good he just him. came in and worked. He only worked for me for a little while, you know, trying to get your kid to work with your right. Your, no, do the family it's, business. It doesn't work. Exactly what he's talking he, about. He worked about a week and did a deal for about ten grand. And then he went, Dad, I quit. And Dad, I and like, what are you gonna, back, what are you gonna do, son? I'm going on my own. <laughs> I'm going on my own. <laughs> I've been seeing you do it, Dad. I know I can do it better than you are. Okay, <laughs> so I'm hey. waiting for that. I'm waiting for that moment. So so okay, let's go back to 2004. Um, You made all that money, yeah, which was a lot of money, yeah. by the way. Well, that, I, I think in, in 2004, I was in the Navy. I was making probably 13, 13,000 a year. 13? Dude, I got, I, I barely, I barely pay my ex-wife, you know? <laughs> by the time I pay her, I <laughs> may, I might have had like a hundred bucks left for the whole month. So, <laughs> so, um, so it's more like $2,400. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in 2006, that's a different story, but I'm not going to get there. This is about AC. So, so you went and made 168,000 bucks, and you remember that number very well. Um, he remembers dates. He, he remembers everything. He didn't hesitate. He didn't flinch. Nothing. I remember I'm like, I mean, because those things are important. You, know? oh, you, remember, you remember the big things. Yeah. Right. The, those things change people's life. Most people in this country, they don't make more than 40 grand a year. Yeah. I, I just sold so, – so, At the end of that first year, so we moved into that apartment, and then th at the end of the year, so I was like, I want to take over a subject two house for me and my wife to move into. <laughs> we're looking, we're looking, we couldn't find one. So I'm about to re-sign a lease for another year. The next day at the apartment, I'm depositing a wholesale check at the bank, and I have magnet signs on my truck. The lady behind me says, hey, I got a house in Shepherd Forest, which is where I always wanted to live. Right. I'm trying to sell. You want to take a look at it right now? And so I go with her. I ended up taking that house over subject to for $100,000. And two, this is 2005 now, right, okay. about, right mm -hmm. about to be 2006. 
<laughs> so now my son was about the second the one that was pregnant like now it's about it's born like right. he's, he's like five months old four months old so we got a house subject to in shepherd forest for a hundred thousand now i've owned that house for, i ended up getting divorced later so that house uh, i've rented it out i've lived there i ended up remodeling a few years ago and moving back in after my divorce and then we just sold it and that that ended up being my biggest deal ever and that seeded back then but we just cleared 186,000 last week on that property. Wow. And we rented it for a while. So it cash flow. So yeah, 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 yeah. And that was a, but that's a subject to mm -hmm. deal. Yeah. Like like and I've done a lot of good subject to deals like that. But yeah, yeah but that but the thing is that was my very first real investment property. And it seeded something even 18 yeah, year, years later. Years 20, later yeah, 15 um, years later. They you know so it, it's one of those things, right? So most people are they just want that quick Five grand, ten grand, which is fine because that keeps food on the table. It keeps bills paid for, especially when you're starting. But now that you're thinking ahead, you're like, you know what? I'm gonna start picking up some subject twos. I'm gonna start picking up some rentals. I, that's how well. I built up my rental property. So when when I was married, we had like 27 rental properties, and most of those were subject twos. Mm -hmm. And uh, so yeah, no subject two. I love subject two. Uh, okay, yeah, we, we got we that. got one right now. You can buy forty grand. <laughs> 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 okay, so 2000, 2005, then. You hit the, your first big year, pretty much. Mm -hmm. That was the what first happens, year. What happened after that? How did it continue to... It continued to, to grow, so I ended up... Uh, I was a one-man show doing everything myself, so starting in the storage room, so doing everything, making right. calls, doing everything. <laughs> first piece I, I replaced myself was a, a virtual assistant to help me schedule... Th a virtual receptionist, actually, to take all the incoming calls okay. and then and put it into my CRM, and then a virtual assistant that would help me... Um, you know, follow up on the leads and kind of get more information mm -hmm. and line me up to where I, I was really virtually wholesaling here in Houston. I never met my, buy, my buyers or sellers. <laughs> I would go at like a, a Starbucks during the day and work for about an hour and a half a day. My my uh, my virtual assistant would have all my leads for that day lined up for everything I needed to, to negotiate. So I called all the hot ones. So about an hour and a half a day, I do all negotiating, offering, and then they do all the rest. And the next day I'd come back and do all that. So. We were doing about 28, 35 deals a year that way. I continued doing that until okay. I ended up meeting, a, a, doing a podcast type show with a, a, a national guru who actually was from Houston. Right. And uh, ended up doing like the podcast show, ended up hitting it off real good with him. We got together for lunch and then just decided we wanted to put something together to make a difference in people's lives. And that's where Prosperity was born. Okay. And so that's our coaching education company. And so we ended up starting that that year. That was in 2012. And that just kind of blew up. Like all of our students started making over six figures in their first year, and just start like I'm talking like we even had some students making six hundred and seventy thousand dollars in their first year, year wow. and a half, and some like like now those students have gone on to make over some of them are making over a million dollars a year. Yeah, now. some of them are on yeah. their own now. Like literally over a million in profit per year now. Some of those those let me, beginners. Let me take it a step back, uh, AC. I'm about I'm, to sign up for the class. No. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take it a step back because this is something that. Uh, I, I hear people, you know, questioning themselves or asking the question all the time. And it's like, if you were doing so good with your wholesaling business, you know, we're talking about the numbers. You're doing 20-something houses every year. Why get in the education business? And I know you, we already talked about this. And, you know, there's a why. Oh, yeah. But, but people often ask, oh, if he's doing so well for himself, why is he selling courses? Why is he going now for... Some people see it as the low-hanging fruit, right? We know that education is not that easy either. Uh, it's oh, yeah. hard work. You had to put a lot of hours and 
and you know a team together to to handle it but some people you know they that, that's what they think and you know he, if he's doing so well for himself yeah he's a scam yeah. he's a scam he's, yeah. right now, he's out there to get my why money why get in the education business why you know go after the low-hanging fruit so it tell us a little bit more and again we already talked about this but i want people to know exactly what happened so you you said you know what now it's time for me to pay it forward or however you want to call it but oh yeah yeah so so i guess first of all go so meeting with that the guy my first business partner he was going through a time in his life where he was wanting to contribute you know what i mean and okay you, i guess i was about 33 at the time 33 34 so i was going and, and and it's also about the time i met my mother for the first time and i went through this class called landmark and self-development class but so i was going through all that right now when i met up with this guy and so i'm going through this time in my life where it's like just made a bunch of money you know what i mean i've been doing this year making very good money every year and now it's like I don't want to be this guy who just made money. There's got to be more to life. Now, I didn't have any idea There about coaching or education. Mm -hmm. it, was, it had nothing to do with coaching or education. I didn't even know that yet until I met my, my business partner, and he was like, hey, let's, let's pay it forward and contribute to the success of others. So that's where that came from. And then the matter is you can leverage when, when you coach and you yes. have education. So you can go from doing 28 to 35 deals a year, and when we leverage, so then we built a team, and we can get up to 60, 70 deals a year, and then you throw in – students who want to partner with you because students some partner with you some don't so you can add another 30 40 deals a year partnering with students or buying the i've bought a lot of my properties from my students also too so, so they can they can wholesale they'll, they'll be the wholesaler and i'll be the rehabber or the buyer okay so but one thing you mentioned that you know it's very important is that it came to a point where money really wasn't your motivation anymore oh, yeah. You had the money, you were, you know, doing really well for yourself and your family, and you start looking for that something else. You mentioned something about self-motivation and going to, you know, uh, what is it, land, land? Landmark. Landmark. Landmark Worldwide. Can you very briefly tell our audience, you know, what do you do in terms of your personal development? What do you do to, I mean, do you, are you an avid reader? I mean, are you more like audiobook type yes. of guy? You know, what do you do for self-growth and, and keep, you know, searching for that why? Definitely audiobooks. I'm not a, a reading. It's more about my ADD. I can read. <laughs> like I, my girlfriend makes fun of me because, I, like, sometimes I'll go to the doctor's office and I'll tell the nurse, "I'm sorry, I, I don't know how to read," and then they'll fill out the paperwork right. for me. So she makes fun of me. <laughs> but I'm like, but I know how to read. But uh, my ADD kicks in, and I'll just like I won't make it through a book. But audiobooks. I love audiobooks when I'm driving. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm in the car a lot. I love to drive. And when I'm driving, I love to listen to audiobooks because they, they do inspire you. Yeah, you know, um, they rewire Thank You, Grow brain. Rich. I listen to Think and Grow Rich a lot. Mm -hmm. um, what's yeah. the Attraction is a book that I'm, I've, I've listened to like four Automation. times in the past uh, six months over and over again because I'm, I'm using that in my business a lot. Right. So, no, I'm definitely big on audiobooks. What about uh, – do you attend events like, you know – I don't know. I just want to throw Tony Robbins out there. I mean, what do you, what do you do in terms of like? I have. I almost went to Tony Robbins last time, but my schedule because I had we had a seminar at the same time he has one. But I do want to go before. You know, I mean, he's getting older too. So I mean, before he <laughs> doesn't do those, and he, oh, one day he might retire. <laughs> Who knows? Well, but, yeah. how important? I mean, tell our, our give, audience. Give me one second, Dennis. Yeah, go ahead. He's gonna continue on the second part of this podcast because this one is officially over for today. <laughs> Tune in. If you want to follow the AC Ramos story, you need to check it out next week. Don't forget to hit like, share, and subscribe. Send it to your grandma, grandpa, <laughs> your aunt, everybody, and their mama, okay? We'll keep next week.
following this story that's amazing. It gets it, it gets better. So just <laughs> stay tuned. Stay tuned. Thank you.